listening to RMD Studios. Welcome to The Table, a podcast for leaders to build community, have conversations, and share resources. the table podcast my name is sean rainey and i'm your host this podcast is created by the church ministries department in the rmd studios the church ministries department is a ministry of the rocky mountain network the goal of this podcast is to provide resources training and networking to the ministries of the local church hey we still believe the church is the hope of the world and we're here to serve you and your volunteer leaders I've been looking so forward to this podcast. We've been talking to different staff pastors and different leaders and and so many of the things that we're going to talk about today, Linda, have come up in our conversations. Mm-hmm. Linda, we've got a full studio today, man. We welcome, do. Welcome to the we podcast. We have a full studio and the podcast is full of content. Um, It's rich and relevant and it's created just for our listeners. Yep. So today our guests are Brandon and Mariah Bradford. They serve as the counselor and the life and leadership coach of the Ranch of Hope in West Westcliff, Colorado. We're so glad and happy you guys are here. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for having us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> so, Brandon, tell our listeners just a little bit about what the Ranch of Hope is and what you guys do there. Yeah, so we offer crisis counseling in the beautiful mountains of Westcliff, Colorado. Man, I we, love Westcliff, man. Isn't it nice? <laughs> so we're stationed in the Wet Mountain Range, um, having a look across the valley at the beautiful San, San Guido Cristo Mountain Range. Um, and so this this is a ministry that has existed since 2004. And it existed, it originally focused primarily on crisis counseling. And so individuals, couples, family units would come and stay at the Ranch of Hope for five days, yeah. meet one-on-one with a counselor, um, and 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 hopefully and oftentimes yeah. I would say our actually percentages were like eighty eight percent wow success and victory mm, and man. finding freedom and health and life that's awesome um and so and that's self reported right but uh, one of the things we also do is we offer a leadership care program and so we have primary we have counselors but we also have a life coach and a leadership coach yeah. that works specifically with ministers business leaders um and it's all Bible based um for, so it's Christ centered and uh, really focused on helping. Uh, families and leaders find health, man. That's awesome. Yeah, That's you awesome. know, I think it's a great ministry out there. You know, there's a lot going on. And, and I've talked to several people who have had interaction with the Ranch of Hope and how much it ministered to them. So it's an incredible ministry, much needed. So our topic today is a two-part problem that we're going to be unpacking. Um, first, Mariah is going to be talking about coping with stress as a staff pastor. And then Brandon, who's here, is going to be talking to us about how to get motivated to plan ahead and set goals for 2021. So I get it, man. Like we know and we've been listening to a lot of these staff pastors. Everyone is experiencing more stress these days, whether it's due to to COVID stuff or dealing with uncertainties, trying to make plans and decisions. There's church pressure, political pressure. There's cultural pressure, financial pressure. We're just seeing this over and over that we're seeing more pressure on the staff of the local church. They're answering questions like, are we meeting and dealing with parents? And uh, how many are even coming back to our church? Do I have to police this mask wearing? Is school starting? Is my job secure? Uh, Am I doing what my lead pastor wants and needs right now? 
Um, man, we're, we're seeing that. And I know every career field, Mariah, is being impacted. But today we want to talk about these staff pastors. We want to talk to these staff pastors, these kids, youth, community pastors, worship pastors, executive pastors. Mariah, why do you think it's more stressful now than just six months ago? I would say one of the biggest things is people are leaning in longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't just something that changed and two weeks later we were able to regroup and move back. That's right. We are in this and we are recognizing now this is for a longer haul than we had experienced mm -hmm. or we thought was going to be in the beginning. So people are leaning in longer. And one of the things I've recognized a lot of times when I'm working with um, my clients is this. When it's a quick change, when it's a moment, when something's happening, we can go into our heads and give us the, you know, the logical answer, yeah. the biblical answer. God is good all the time. All the time, God right. is good. We know how to <laughs> lean on those things. But what happens when it goes longer? Mm. And we have to make sure we are balancing what is happening in our head with what is happening in our heart. And what we're finding is six months down the road— we got to make sure these are connecting. Yeah. And so sometimes we're actually seeing it now that we're weary, we're tired, we're um, not able to carry the same load. We're starting to get angry right. because we were hurt in the beginning and we haven't dealt with it mm -hmm. because it was all in what we knew logically, like it'll be over, it's going to end, it'll be fine. And all of these answers we've given in our logic, but our heart hasn't connected. And so one of the things I would say is there's a grieving process mm -hmm. that needs to happen in the midst of this. Yeah. Life is not the same, may not be the same. And have we let our hearts connect with that as the leaders? Because man, we are modeling it, right? Mm -hmm. Like right. we're they're looking at who we are as staff pastors, all the people that we are over care more about what we're modeling than what we're saying. That's good. And so what does it look like for me to personally, as a pastor, as a leader, grieve that yeah. this is different and not just keep pressing forward in our yeah. head, but actually letting these two meet and balance. So, and I would say this, there's a longer time that we're dealing with coping um, without our free, our pre-found abilities of coping. Yeah. So think about it. What did we do to cope before COVID happened? We went into coffee. We might yeah. go CrossFit. Mm -hmm. We might go to the gym. We might, yep. and all of these in a moment, wow. got taken away yeah. from us. And so now we're having to adapt on the fly with all, all these other things we were used to mm -hmm. being able to do. And we're trying to figure out how to connect our hearts and our head wow. and all of those things. And so um, the weight of that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I um, when I think about staff pastors, let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing as some of the top stressors on our staff pastors right now, and then what are some of the most the most common unhealthy ways that they're dealing with this stress. Okay, absolutely. Let me kind of distinguish some kind of different ways we can look at stress, okay? And we're going to put that in the perspective of a staff pastor or yeah. volunteer. Ready? First one, personal stress. Mm. We all have That's it, right? right? We all have our own kids, our own spouse, our own house payment. So we have our own personal stress. And then as a pastor, we also have a lot of what we're called secondary stresses, which is the people who are influencing around us that we influence 
So when they feel stress, and as pastors, we're used to dealing with that, right? We're used to kind of seeing it outside of ourselves. Oh, you're in the hospital with your grandma. Oh, you are. But when COVID hit, my personal stress and your secondary stress is the same. They're similar. And so now I'm processing through that. The third type of stress we would call systemic stress. Mm. That is our workplace. Uh oh, workplace, mm-hmm. our yep. churches, right. totally yeah. regrouping, right. totally doing everything right. different. And so, the systemic, the nature of the demand to change on the fly, all of these things is affecting us. Then, the next stress is moral stress anything that questions our core beliefs or right. our integrity. Um, let's just think since COVID happened, right. how many of our core beliefs? Or things have been brought in question. Think about it. We are in a hotbed of politics. Yes, we are. Of racial injustice. Of COVID. Who's going to wear a mask? Who thinks it's right? Who thinks it's wrong? Whose rights are bigger than others? Oh, my goodness. So we have moral stressors. And then on top of it, the last one is our adaptive stressors, which means how able are you to change on the fly? Mm. Are you able to adapt? And the stress that that implies, how resilient are you? So if we put all of those five stressors and look at it in the framework of a staff pastor, man, yeah, could you, it's a it's a heavy, heavy, mm-hmm. heavy load, and we're trying to first of all personalize what it looks like, and then all of those other places. One of the other things is boundaries. Mm. Can I say that? Wow. How often as a pastor, as we are going through college to learn about how to be a pastor, our first years in the roles yeah. of a pastor, we're learning healthy boundaries, right? Leave work at work. Yeah. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, work is at home now. That's right. And right. how do we do our screaming kid in the other room that may not go to school, but we really want him to go to school <laughs> and right. all these extra <laughs> things that happen. And we're all trying. And so now everything has kind of been bobbled around and we're trying to figure out what are the boundaries that are healthy now? Because here's what we have to recognize about boundaries. They're not set in stone. Mm. God mm-hmm. holds the keys on how we're supposed to move in and out of yeah, those boundaries. That's good. There are moments that we do have to sacrifice a date night because somebody needs right. us. And that is something as a pastor we're learning to balance. But now all of a sudden we've had curveballs thrown at us left <laughs> and right of how to do this. And I think reestablishing healthy boundaries. What does it look like at home? Home was a place we used to hunker down and check out. It's no longer that because we're doing a lot of our work from home. Or how does that play out? So I would say that um, adapting to the ambiguous roles of technology and recognizing we need different, we need different modalities. We need different ways to outlet our stressors because yeah. coffee houses, chit chat, and all of those social distancing things that we can't do now, all of those things have been changed and moved. And we have to actually tap into new that's right, right. and exciting different ways. But a lot of times, do you ever hear that replay in your mind? If I like things the way they right. were, <laughs> I don't want things to change. Well, uh, sorry, they're going to. And so how do we process that within ourselves? Um, to answer the second part of your question, the unhealthy ways right. that we are dealing with stress. I'm seeing a lot of stuffing. Mm. Um, we're we're trying to just stuff down the emotion that goes along with it and just, man, quote that scripture yeah. out mm-hmm. and, press and on. say it. Press on. Push right. You know, we God's right. got this and we just got to rally the forces and we got to keep the excitement going. And I will tell you. 
you can only keep that excitement up so long. Yeah. We're, we're weary. We're yeah. tired. We're exhausted. We're burning out. Mm-hmm. They found that there's two types of stressors that um, we can find that certain people identify with. One is when somebody else is going through something, I recognize that's you that's going through it. And I can help you through it. And there's another one where if I'm empathizing with you, I might actually pick up all of what you're feeling and own it as my own. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so how often are we as pastors picking up right. everybody yeah. as their own? That's right. yeah. And they actually scientifically have found when you're picking up other people's and you're really there too long, you're actually using up all your own chemicals mm-hmm. because it's almost as if you're going through it yourself. Right. Wow. And so when you're hearing, you're, you're, as a staff pastor, when you're hearing people underneath you that are struggling with finances because their job just got closed off or they're a single parent and they don't know how they're going to have daycare for their kids because school isn't going back and all of these things— If you don't have a healthy processing and self-care for yourself to not pick up their load as well, you're going to burn out quick. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing a lot of people are reacting instead of responding. Let me kind of give you a a goofy example. Okay. I give you goofy examples a lot, but it's going to work. Think about when you're a kid. Okay. When you're raising your kids. One of the things we recognize, if we don't give them something productive to do, they get destructive. Yep. Right. If they don't have focused attention on something, they're going to be jacking up the house everywhere. They're going to be just pulling the hair out the dog. They're going to be messing things up. Do you know we as adults, we're the same way. If we don't have focus and we don't feel like we're being productive, we start getting destructive. Wow. We got started getting destructive in our home. What is our temple, our home, yeah. our bodies? Right. What I'm finding is we're finding a lot of people. Think about when your kids are home from school and they're bored. What do they do all day long? They want to eat, mm-hmm. right? That's which right. is not healthy, no. but they want to eat because they're bored. Right. We're finding these flesh out responses and kids show us what flesh looks like. Wow. So if you ever look in the eyes of the kids and how kids, if we don't have a focus and we don't feel productive and we don't have a plan and we start just reacting instead of responding, responding, we start getting this. And so the unhealthy ways of stress, people are overeating. Yep. They're not as healthy as they were. Um, they're burning out on, on certain places. They're not self-care. They're not taking care of their temples, their home, what's inside the home, the family. Lots of places we're watching this tweak out. And it's really because we're getting a more fleshy response. Yeah. Because we don't have our focus. That's right. right. And we're losing what it looks like to be productive because we lost what our focus is because we're so distracted on everything else. I've seen that, you know, even just kind of in observation, it seems like there's two types of people during this quarantine time, people who read, you know, eight books or those that just binge watched everything on Netflix. There's those that lost weight, man, and like, you know, did virtual marathons. And then there's others that are just like, you know, ate all the Twinkies that they could eat. <laughs> uh, one of my friends, I, he put out, he's like, hey, I finished up my master's degree. I was like, you got your master's degree while you're on quarantine, man. Like I felt so unproductive, but wow. you know, it, it's just amazing what you're saying there to try to connect to that. And and to realize, like, man, we need that outlet, and and we need that those healthy ways to cope 
you know, we actually titled this uh, podcast with a, a word that we chose intentionally, the word coping, coping with stress. I looked up that definition and it was, it was interesting. That definition of cope is having the capacity to effectively deal with something difficult. Man, I don't know that I ever really read that definition before. I've heard that word cope and coping. And, but, but as we were doing this podcast, coming up with the word for this, reading that definition about capacity, effectively dealing with something difficult. We talked about unhealthy ways. Tell us some of the healthy ways to deal with this and then talk about that word capacity because, man, I, I love that word. And I think there's so much depth in there. So Absolutely. So I would say one of the best ways, I think, to cope is to be proactive, not reactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We call it window of control when we recognize what, is, what do you have in place? What is in your toolbox that helps you stay healthy? Yeah. That makes sure that you're outletting when you need to process? What makes sure that you have a plan of action before you get there? Right. Um, I'm not a witty person. I don't tend to be like great on the fly with like <laughs> witty comments. But I recognize as along the way, I had to learn simple little windows of control so that I didn't respond inappropriately. Mm. One of them was like a memorized phrase. I remember when I used to be a supervisor and, and one of my staff members would say something that kind of startled me and right. I, I'm not witty <laughs> on the moment. I would look at them and I would go, wow. I have a big emotion. Could you give me a moment to process that? Wow. Just saying that. Did I tell you what emotion I had? Nope. Nope. Because I didn't even know probably what it was. I gave myself a minute to go step away, regroup myself, figure out what was really triggering me, what was really going on. How do I be a leader in that moment? Not just respond from what you're getting. And so just having healthy windows, windows of control, the things you are in control of, do you have a plan of action? Wow. Do you know what it looks like when you're starting to elevate, when you're starting to burn out, when you're starting to feel disunity among yeah. the leadership you work among? When you have those moments, do you right. have a plan oh, before you get mm-hmm. there? Because if you don't, you're not going to mm-hmm. respond. You're going right. to react. That's and good. that's typically fleshy. Mm-hmm. And fleshy isn't typically good. That's right. So, that's right. Um, and I would say, let me, let me, oh man, the word capacity. So I did a word study on this when, wow. when I read this um, was going to be one of the questions. And this is, this is, there's two definitions. The maximum amount something can contain and the maximum amount something can produce. Wow. Holy snap. That Let's is just amazing. put <laughs> Yeah. Man. So let me just give it to you this. If I had a cup of water in front of me, okay? And I'm sitting there and recognizing number one, it has to be full to capacity. Yeah. I have to be full to capacity with who Jesus Christ is in me, every single thing that he puts in me. I can't do anything. Yeah. I can't be a wife, I can't be a mother, I can't be a pastor, I can't be a counselor unless my cup is full right. to capacity because I'm just a daughter first. Yeah. And so what happens is this has to be full, absolutely 100% full. And, and the overflow is how I'm a wife, how I'm a mother, how I'm a counselor, how I'm a pastor, all of those things, right? Here's what we don't recognize. In order to produce, right? Because as pastors, we're wanting to produce something, right? We want to yeah. harvest. We want yeah. all these right. things. If you want your capacity to produce, you have to have your capacity first full. Mm. And what I recognize is a lot of times if you start, if you don't, if you're not full in and of yourself first, and you have to tilt yourself over to give somebody something, you're already unstable. Wow. You're unstable mm-hmm. in all your ways. 
recognize if you aren't full to capacity first with who God has created you to be, the second you have to tilt over to give anybody anything, whether it's your husband, whether it's your kids, whether it's the people you are a leader over in your church, you are unstable. And that is not how God created it to be. He never wants to use you up. That's right. He wants to fill you up. So capacity, man, if we can just get the maximum amount first that we can be full, then we can produce. I wish our listeners could see your bottle. She's got a water (laughs) bottle here. And every time she talks about tipping to pour it out, she tips that water bottle. And then the water bottle is on its edge, which means it's not stable. And I was everybody practice that at home. Take a water bottle. And that is so good. So here's one of the results, I think, from that. And and here's what we're seeing nationwide. And I'm hearing this over and over, and we're seeing it locally. There's transition a lot. There's worship pastors leaving. There's kids pastors leaving. There's youth pastors leaving. There's instability. There's there's all these different stressors. Why do you think this is happening right now nationally? Like, this is not just a localized problem. This is happening all over. I'm a part of a lot of different youth pastor pages, kids pastor pages on Facebook, and it's happening everywhere. Talk a little bit about that. And if you guys, we were talking a little bit earlier about this before the show, just kind of share your heart on on what you're seeing in this transition and why you think this is happening now. So I would say, if I could use these words, I think COVID put an accelerant Mm -hmm. on an issue or something that is so deeply rooted right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say it's this. It's the essence that we don't know how to care or receive care as a pastor. Wow. Yeah. To really, really know what it looks like and the weight that it carries to be in the ministry, to be in the highs and the lows with people every single day. You're going from the highest to the lowest, to the middle, to the this, with everybody else. And then you have your own stuff and you're all doing it for the sake of the calling and for God and the ministry. And so there's a weight being pulled in so many different directions. And what we recognize is the lack of understanding Not just that pastors need care, but I think sometimes I don't think we as pastors know how to receive it either. We want, we we are leaders, and so we've got to have it all together, and we're leaders, and so we can't show any any weakness anywhere or whatnot. And the the sadness that that ensues because we're lonely. We're not islands in and among ourselves. And so that transition, um, the transition that we're seeing staff pastors stepping away. I think we're seeing an accelerant because of COVID because it's really branched some big things. But man, I recognize it's a lack of tools on how to really care, how to, you know, what does a sabbatical, a healthy sabbatical really look like? Is that offered? Is that allowed? Can you as a pastor go, man, I don't know. My capacity isn't there right Mm -hmm. now. Can I take a beat? And would you be looked down on or would somebody go, wow, that's beautiful. Can I just be a little genuine? Brandon and I went through a season when we were in leadership where we recognized we were burning out. Mm -hmm. We were burning the candle at all ends. And we were fortunate enough to have a leadership that said, we care more about who you are and your hearts than we do about what you do in this church. That's awesome. Can we just like take a step back? And we were honored we were honored right. for this moment where we stepped back 
and we were able to just be us and raise our children and still pour in at what levels we could. That's right. But it wasn't expected, and we were cared about. Our hearts were cared about Mm -hmm. more than what we could be. And isn't that the heart of the Father? That's right. Isn't that who he says we are? And so, man, just keeping that in perspective. That's good. Yeah, I want to I want to piggyback in on that cuz cuz that's that's a that's a topic that's really close to our hearts. Yeah. That's the reason we we created leadership care. Yeah. Um because I got tired of seeing ministers burn out, man. That's right. Um and cuz I I know what it feels like. Yeah. I'm a third generation minister. You know, both my grandparents were church planners, were presbyters. You know, my my father has been a, a pastor. Uh, an evangelist. I, I grew. I didn't. I didn't hang out in other circles. You know what I'm saying? That's like right. yeah. we did PK retreats <laughs> and camps, right. and you know, that's what you knew. Uh, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's just what we knew. Um, and it touched almost everybody. Wow. You know, burnout is real. Yeah. Right. Um, and and the the big thing that I think she stated was permission. Yeah. You know, as ministers, you're put on a pedestal. And you're expected to have it all figured out and have all the answers. And what happens when you're human? What happens when the stressors become a little too much because there's an accelerant like COVID? That's right. Right. right? Is there permission to take a time out and be like, man, whoa. Like self-care is one of those things that you don't talk about. We're selfless, right? That's what Mm -hmm. ministry is. It's it's sacrificial in nature. That's right. But man, there's a a fallacy there that to believe that God wants us to be compromised, yeah. to be used up and abused. That's, that's, that's really not, not okay. the heart of father. <laughs> that's right. It's right. Not. And, and so again, COVID is just another one of those things, that, the accelerant it's, it's, these things were already in play. This is stuff that was already under the surface, That's right. you know, but now the pressure has been turned up. Yeah. The pressure cooker's hotter, you know? And so you're seeing this stuff bubble up more and, and really there's a lot of ministers. We were talking about this before. Staff pastors, exec- executive pastors, you know, worship leaders who were already looking for an off ramp. Yeah. Right. Right. And so when COVID kind of hit the pause button, it was like, whoop, I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm out. You know. So I think that's what we're seeing. There was trans. Look at the numbers. The last five, six years, there's been more ministers leaving the ministry than than has been coming right. into ministry. That's a trend we've been seeing. But now, man, poof, it's happening quick. Yeah. That's you know. Right. So I, leadership care, the understanding that it's, 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 it's essential, it's necessary yes. to take some time. Jesus exampled it. He went away, right? That's right. He did. He's like, I, I, I got it. Man, you guys are taking a lot out of me, right? I, I, gotta, I need to go and recharge my batteries. Exactly. Yeah, he had to. He had and to. And if he has to, who do we think we are <laughs> that we don't have to? Man. That's right. Man, so I think that's the that, understanding that, that it's necessary. That's good. That's good. So let's talk just a minute directly to those staff pastors that are listening and that are struggling right now, give us something. What do you want to say to them? I would say this. You're not alone. You're not alone. You may feel it. That might be something the whispering of the enemy is doing. Recognize every pastor has ebbs and flows. Every pastor has moments where they feel like, man, this is too much or this is my wheelhouse. I got this. And so recognize Yes, we do have God, yet we are called to bear one another's mm-hmm. burdens. He doesn't say, well, if you're a pastor, never mind. You right. don't need to do that. <laughs> you know, that means that I have burdens that I need to be able to put somewhere else, too. Mm-hmm. It's not that I just carry everybody else's. Um, and recognizing that um, there are 
so many people that are out there. There are so many healthy resources. You are not an island in among yourself. You don't have to be Superman. Are you reaching out? Are you recognizing what's around you? Do you see the capabilities of somebody rising up in this moment that maybe this was the moment the Lord is putting a, a spotlight on them because there is a gifting that we're going to adhere yeah. to. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing um, we have to be able to do that and also looking at things from a new perspective. You know, if we recognize that we're only seeing that through sometimes our natural eyes, what would it look like if our prayer life turned into this? God, what are you seeing? Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. Remember when the armies went around him and they were in fire and all he had to say was, God, give my servant spiritual right. eyes. Open his eyes. Yeah. And right. Because, man, sometimes we need to put on our spiritual eyes. Yeah, the rest of the world might be changing. and This isn't the first time something like this has happened. Let's That's read right. our Bible. It's yeah. all over in there. That's right. So the beauty of this isn't surprising, God. He's got a plan. Let's let's ask the Lord for spiritual eyes to see, yet recognize there are resources mm-hmm. everywhere around us. We are not meant to carry this alone. So, okay, then we've got other staff pastors who seem to be fine. You know, they're not stressed. Um, they think everything is going fine. They're not phased by this. So what would you say to them? I would say what can be distressing for one person can be energizing and exciting mm-hmm. for true. another. Mm-hmm. Recognize this, we are all parts of the body of Christ, okay? So I think I talked about this before. If I am on the left side, I find it more familiar to adhere to people around me that like look like the left side of Jesus. Uh And I might be more familiar with that, more comfortable with that. Yet this is totally, totally moved everything. And so now maybe the right side of Jesus is more spotlighted. And Uh it's same Jesus. It's the same heart and everything that he is, but we've got to see it from a different avenue in a different way. And so some people like who are media-minded, who like already were totally great at all these things, they're excited because things that God has stirred up in them for years now have a voice. And man, they're excited about what that is. And then people who are maybe more um, rooted in, I like things the way they were, and we're not in the way things used to be, are struggling more. Man, what would it look like if we grab each other's hands and we help each other through That's right. it? Right. That's what would right. it look like if we weren't in competition and we weren't sitting there going, well, you don't have it. Well, you don't. How about we all? Yeah. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. We're all part of one the same soon. kingdom. Okay, so then there's one group left. How about our lead pastors? Right now, about all this topic, what would you have to say to them? Oh, man, the people who are directly underneath you, press into them. Yeah. These are those moments. Your sphere of influence right now is so impactful. It's like Jesus with his disciples. What does it look like for you to be able to pour into them, to bring them in, to talk about that? Be genuine and authentic. You don't have to have it all together either. Mm -hmm. And the beauty that you might be um, vulnerable enough to say, man, this has been tough, is going to give freedom to the people underneath you to go, yeah, oh, man, okay, There is freedom ready to be unlocked with your genuine authenticity. And so if you can bring them in, again, it's the same thing I mentioned earlier. If you're able to model Mm -hmm. that you don't have to have it all together, that this is tough on you too, that you're trying to bring it in, yet with unity, be fluid together. But man, God cares about unity. Yeah, He really does. And so staff pastors and lead pastors, we all have to be communicating well with a genuine authenticity. That's so good. The teams that I've seen 
really do this well right now are those that are communicating often, those that have been so open with one another. And then I heard one pastor, when this whole thing first started, one of their their statements was, hey, we're not going to lose anyone through this on this staff. We're all in this together. And my commitment to you is I've got your back. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, man, like what yeah. a way to set the tone six months ago, right? Like from, he didn't know that that needed to be said. He thought this might've been a six week thing. Mm-hmm. And here we are six months later, he's got the same staff. No one's left. They all trust one another. They've all communicated. They've all been open with one another, good, bad, and ugly. I'm not saying it's been perfect. They've had some tough conversations, but yet the commitment from day one because of that open communication. And I love what you said about the vulnerability to say, hey, I don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. I think so many times we have this pressure, lead pastors, staff pastors even, we have this pressure that we have to have the answers and we don't. We can go into that office of our lead pastor and say, pastor, I don't know, but I'm going to pray with you and we're going to figure this out. Right. Hey, I don't have the answer to where youth ministry is headed in the next decade but I'm committed to get on my knees and find out, like what you said, where is God leading us? What is mm-hmm. he teaching us through this? This has been so good, man. And, and I can't wait to just really let our leaders like soak this in. Uh, I think Craig Groeschel says this a lot on his podcast. He listens to his podcast at like one and a half speed or, or two speed. And he's like, hey, slow this one down. Don't listen at double speed. And guys, this mm-hmm. is one of those podcasts, man. Slow it down re-listen to this over and over because there is some deep, rich stuff in here. So, uh, you know, now that we've kind of worked through these tools and dealing with stress, coping with stress, I really want to talk about some steps of moving forward, Brandon. You know, you guys work well together. You guys do life together, married, family, ministry, everything together. And and just watching you from the outside in, man, you guys are an awesome team. And and so I want both of you guys to even share with some of this. But, you know, as as we're kind of moving forward, Brandon, how in the world do we plan for 2021, man? Like, how can we have dreams and plans and visions for next year? Right, right. It's a great, great question. You know, I, as a coach, Sean, I'm, I'm all about tools and strategies and practical application, right? But yeah. can I, let me just backtrack and say that there is no substitute for being grafted into the vine. Yeah. Right, being led by the Holy Spirit. That's right. In a moment like this, where the climate is ever changing, uh, we 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 can't possibly know. I don't care how prophetic you are, man. There's stuff happening all over the mm-hmm. place. That's right. Right. Like, and right. I, listen, I'm all about the prophetic. I'm all about the Lord casting things out in front of us yeah. and letting us see what's going to happen. But the nature of this thing, man, it's rapid. Right. right? So uh, it's a great question. How do we how do we cast vision forward? Right. I think first of all, it's important to recognize that God's not surprised. Yeah. He knows all, he sees all, right? You know, I, last year I was listening, I was watching a, a video, a YouTube video, and I don't, even, I don't remember exactly the song. It's either you're, you're, you are good or something like that, but it's Stephanie Gretzinger and Jeremy Riddle. And at the yeah. end of that, she kind of goes into this prophetic thing where she says, you don't fall off of your throne. Wow, mm-hmm. You didn't fall off yeah. of your throne. And, and, and that's something that in a situation like this, man, that yeah. just resonates with my spirit. It's like, God, you're not surprised. Yep. How often do we start thinking on our own and trying to do it on our own That's and forget right. to go back and say, okay, God, what's the plan here, yeah. right? And I, and I thoroughly believe that in this season, God has a plan for you. 
He's got a plan for your church and he's got a plan for your community, right? right. This is the perfect opportunity for us to grow as leaders and to grow as the church. You know, the world around us right now is searching for something. Yeah. They're looking for hope. They're looking for answers. And we know him. Like he's the answer, right? So I understand much of the way we've operated up until now has changed. But that the vacancy of our day-to-day operations has actually left room for vision wow. and creative new ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. You know, we just got to tap in. That's right. That's good. You know, early on during the stay-at-home order, you know, we even here in the district office, we we took about six or seven weeks that we all worked from home. And about halfway into that, I, I heard a phrase that was great in that moment. It said, hey, give yourself permission to think in, in two-week blocks or two-week increments. And, you know, man, that was good for the moment. Like it was because I was a big vision guy. I'm like five-year plan, 10-year plan. And so everything's changing. And so I needed to give myself permission. But I'm seeing now like we need to come out of that. And I'm seeing a lot of staff pastors, youth pastors, kids pastors, worship leaders, media guys, having a hard time breaking that way of thinking. And, And it's hard for them to think into the future now. Even 30 days ahead, two months ahead, into 2021, 2021's like so far away from right. most people right, right now. So speak to that a little bit, man. Maybe that 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 permission to give yourself that that two week increments. But now we need to break away from that. And how do we capture that motivation again, Brandon, to reach the 2021 visions? Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I I once heard it said that failing to plan is planning to fail. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, I understand that it's it's changing. It's 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 different. Uh, and there, and there's a reluctance, right? It, it, it's kind of disheartening to get shut down, to plan something big and then to realize mm-hmm. this is getting slammed in your face, yeah. right? And, and how many times is that going to happen mm-hmm. when we were maybe prepared um, emotionally and mentally for a couple of months? Yeah. Right. right? Six, seven months down yeah. the road. Who knows how long this is going right. to project out, right? And so uh, I get that. But the we got we to gotta go back and gain perspective here. Yeah. The heart and the essence of what we do is transcendent. That's right. It doesn't have boundaries. It doesn't have a term limit or a time limit. So what we're talking about is methodology. Yeah. Really, right? So the word tells us that without vision, the people will perish, right? That's right. Um, the vision and the mission hasn't changed in the last 2,000 years. Sean. Yeah, that's good, It's man. still love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? That's right. Love your neighbor as yourself. And man, preach the good news. Share the yeah. gospel of, of, of the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross. So we, we got to regain our perspective here i get that things are changing but the heart the essence Mm -hmm. the message that's right it ain't going nowhere as a matter of fact right now people need it more than than i've seen in my lifetime you know these things they're they're generational changes that that happen every 30 40 50 70 years something like that right Uh, and so what we're seeing now is is a new new wave of thinking a new thought process but the heart the essence yeah there's still reason to cast vision. There are still souls hanging in the balance. That's right. There are still people needing ministry, you know, and we, we do know the solution. We've got the answer. We've got, we know the man who holds the keys. That's right. Right. The gospel so, is still the good news, man. For sure, like, man. I love that statement, man. For sure. So good. So good. You know, so many of our um, staff pastors, most of them, in fact, have families and they have kids. And so right now we're right now in the season of deciding where, what are we going to do with our kids? You know, are our kids going back to school? Are they not going back to school? So what happens if someone has to stay home with them? Um, is my pastor 
um, going to let that or he's going to expect me to be at work? And what about the finances of that? Trying yeah. to find someone. So, you know, what would we do? Well, how could what would we say to our staff pastors who are just they're losing their confidence in this and how they're going to go further today? Yeah. I mean, they're very real questions. Right. I yeah. mean, we're, we're faced with some some real adversity here. Um, you know, let me kind of in the first part of that question, how does it how does it show itself? How does it manifest itself? You know, fear, anxiety, mm-hmm. worry. Yeah. Right. Um, and and th- that mental and emotional and can I say very spiritual battle can be crippling. Yeah. That's that's, that's right. what we see in our confidence. It's 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 this is polarizing. I I, I got so tired of hearing that word for the mm-hmm. first yeah. two months. <laughs> like it like it tastes really bad in my mouth right now. But I don't know that there's a more fitting word. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is very polarizing, right? And and none of us are immune to these thoughts, these fears, these these emotions. That's something Mariah and I recognized really early on. It was funny. There was like when this thing first hit, it kind of things got shut down and stifled, right? Everybody was bailing on our, uh, you know, the Ranch of Hope. You know, it's yeah. like, we're, we can't leave. We're right. not going nowhere. And we sat back and we're like, whoa, yeah. Lord, like mm-hmm. the, the schedule cleared. That's right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah. then all of a sudden it blew up. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, when I say blew up, it was like crazy. The wow. phone's ringing off the walls. My client, you know, we do, we do stuff. We do in-person stuff. We do stuff, Skype and Zoom and yeah. phone calls and all any method that we had outside of meeting in person, and there were some people like, we don't care anymore. Wow. We right. need help. Yeah. What, but what we saw was, can I say the spirit of fear wow. was running oh, rampant. Yeah. Mm. And listen, man, if we don't recognize that there's a very spiritual element to what is taking place, the enemy's an opportunist, man. That's right. Yeah. He's right. a low down, dirty, rotten dog. That's right. That's and right. so he'll take any opportunity he can to step on people. And that's what we started seeing. And the spirit of fear was so evident. And people are like, I mean, it's literally, it was almost um, chaotic was a very, it's a very yes, good word. I agree. People didn't know what to do. And we were like, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. Let, let's, let's take a beat right now. The reality is, I said it can be crippling, but it doesn't have to be. That's right. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be. And we have to recognize that we're not immune to it. Like, none of us is immune to this. The, the feelings, the thought processes. But what do we do, right? And I think th- what we have to recognize is we got to go back and implement some of these things Mariah was talking about earlier, right? Some of these good coping skills, um, reaching out, having healthy outlets, you know what I mean? Um, so that we, we, we remember that God's still in control. We're all flesh. That's right. Well, that's a battle we all we all have to fight. But does the spirit of the Lord, you know, well up within us in these in these times? Do we have people around us that are going, "Hey, friend, whoa, whoa, he hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. He is the same. His ways are no different than yeah. they were. Right. Be steadfast. Hold on. God's got this. Right. That's good. I would say, can I add a little bit? Yeah. yeah. I think there's an importance when we're looking at having self-care and somebody that says, well, well, friend, notice it's friend. Yeah. Right. Because I'm going to be real careful. We got to make sure that we have self-care with somebody who doesn't have a dog in the fight. Right. If you're trying to get self-care from your spouse mm, all the time, man, that can be draining. That's right. If you're trying to get self-care from your boss or your or your people you're on staff with, mm-hmm. well, you're all in the same stress somatic, systematically. And so what does it look like when you're getting care, you're getting support, somebody who knows you outside who's, if I can— doesn't have a dog in the fight, who's not in the midst of your struggle, but can see you for who you are and what you're going for and what you're and who you are and what you've always had a goal for and can speak that back in. That 
matters yeah. because there's no motive right. at work. And sometimes those 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 um, little lies of the motives in the back and well, how do we how do we how do we what does it look like to have somebody who's pouring in without a motive yeah. that just genuinely wants you to succeed because they genuinely want the Lord to succeed in what he's doing in you? And that's big. Oh, yeah. Let me speak to that because I had a friend in, in my life at a season in my life that I needed him most. And I know that there's a lot of lead pastors, a lot of staff pastors out there that had this same mentality that I had. It was, I'm worried that in this moment, I'm not going to recognize it and I'm not going to be able to tap out. And, and so I remember having a friend that I called and I, his name's Guy. And Guy knows me, man. I was like, so I knew a guy. <laughs> and so Guy, I gave Guy permission. I said, Guy, would you help me throw in the towel, man, when the time comes? Oh, would you wave the white flag for me? Good. Because I'm worried that I'm not going to see it. And I'm worried that I won't tap out mm -hmm. and using kind of a UFC fighting analogy, but yeah. you know, that, that the enemy would just choke me out before mm -hmm. I tapped out. And, and, and I wanted to recognize it before. And, and he did like, he was one. I remember the phone call when I called him and his response to me was Sean, I hope that you see it. And you're not asking me today to throw in the towel. I hope that you recognize it. And I did, I recognized it in that moment, but having that assurance but I think it's giving permission for someone to yes. do that. And and if if you're listening, you don't have that friend in your life. You need to find that friend and and let us be that friend. Like find someone that you trust that you can give permission to say the hard things. Yeah. To say the last ten percent. Anybody can say ninety percent. But it's those great friends that tell you the last ten percent. And I'm so grateful for those well, in my life. And I think it's important that you recognize that you need someone to help you throw in the towel or you need someone to keep you from throwing yes, in the that's towel. Good. Because it depends on your personality and who you are. You know, um, I run around and I don't want to give up till the job's done. You know, so I need that. Someone to say, Linda, it's over. You're yeah. done. Finished. Done. Forget yeah. it. You know, but others need people to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you're not giving up yet. It's, it's not time. Yeah. So I think that's good. That's the coach mentality. That's yeah. right. <laughs> you know, that's no, I, I mean, seriously, that's the, the nature of that is 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 understanding when when you can get a little more. And when you're pushing too hard yeah. mm -hmm. and they're going to break and they're going to crack, you know, and you got we We all need somebody in our corner. That's right. And, yeah. and can I say, I think. We mo we have someone in our corner more than we recognize. Mm. You know, I think that's a lie of the enemy that we think that right. we're we're alone. That's right. You mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, and that's I don't want to step on topics and points or whatever. And that's you know something I, I want to speak to here in a minute. I know, but we need people in our corner. Yeah, and we need, and we need to, if you don't know, ask. Yeah. Like, man, right. would you be that? Would that's you right. be that guy? That's right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk a few minutes about practical steps. So right now. To plan an event, that is really scary. You know, we're here even in the church ministries department. Do you plan? Do you not plan? What do we do? Um, they're, they're not feeling energized about that. They say, so why do I plan anything? Maybe we're going to cancel everything for the rest yeah. of the year. So let's speak to that a little bit. Let's speak to, to them a little bit about moving forward. Yeah. I mean, listen, don't lose hope. It's good. Don't, don't, don't grow weary in well-doing, mm. right? Like God's got it. Um, and can I, can I say this? Just a word of encouragement. What you're doing, where God has you, it matters. Yeah. You matter in this situation. Because right now, a lot of people are feeling defeated. Yeah. You know, it's like, God, why am I even doing this? Like, 
Why? Here's a big one. And I'll say I've been there. I, I'm, a, I'm a very real guy. So God, why would you bring me to this place? Yes, that's right. Like, why would you right. let, let me get here? Because yeah. this is bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is tough, right? Um, second of all, if you're struggling, reach out. Okay, you got to be intentional about self-care. Uh, this, this is a battle. And it's funny, we talk about those things and we just kind of mm-hmm. throw them out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh man, we signed up for the army of the Lord. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hold on, Jack. Like the biggest battle ever. That's right. Uh-huh. Right? Because souls are in, in balance. And can I say ours as well? Yeah. As those on the front lines, the enemy is looking to take us out. Right. That's something that when we founded the leadership care aspect of what we were doing, something the Lord spoke to me very specific. I literally wrestled on my couch as we were moving to Colorado. God told us we were coming. And I, I'm like, I'm not a counselor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah. Like, I'm not right. a counselor. But what we had already been doing was a season of pouring into ministers and working with leadership. And I wrestled on my couch with the Holy Spirit because wow. I knew he was calling us to do something. And it, it, this is what he said. And, and it was funny because when he said it, and when I heard it, I was like, it sounds like something my dad preached, <laughs> right? But he said, smite the shepherd, scatter the flock. Wow. Yeah. And I said, whoa. Yeah. He said, that's a strategic plan of the enemy to take out leadership, man. Because the circle of influence and the ripple effect is huge. And I sat back and I was like, whoa, whoa, that's big, dude. Mm -hmm. That's big. So understand you're not alone. Okay. Reach out, but be intentional about self-care. Get connected to people who will be a part of your network, a circle of influence for you, a circle of trust, people who speak life over you, who will pray for you, who like, like Mariah said, doesn't, they don't have an agenda or a motive other than to, to care, to be about you and who God's called you to be as a man or a woman, as a husband or a, a mother or a father. I mean, let them be about you, yeah. right? And be, and be willing to, to, can I say, championing, champion you? Yeah, that's good. Right? Be, be about what God's doing in you and in your life. Um, and then the other thing is this, look for available resources. Yeah. There are resources everywhere. This is catching fire. Mm. There's a recognition. Somebody's been waving a flag going, I ain't, I'm, I'm about to tap out. That's right. right. I, I need some help. I don't want to, mm-hmm. right? But we're seeing enough of that. And so the resources are starting to pop. I love, can I say, I, listen, I love what's happening in the Rocky Mountain Ministry Network. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I really do. <laughs> I really do. I love the heart and the vision mm-hmm. that's going forth and recognizing like, we're a team. Yeah. Right. That's we're right. a team. And I don't care if you, t- if you pastor a tiny little church on a Western Slope, you're important. That's right. That's what right. God's got you doing in that tiny little community ministering to those ranchers is amazing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right? It's awesome. It's God-led. It's vision. Um, so the other thing is pull in the people around you. Yeah. Like pull in those people. Recognize that you don't have to do it alone. You may not have vision, but there are people around you who do. Right. And even if you're a staff pastor, right, you you have people that are, you know, we had a, as we, we were youth pastors, we had a, a, a youth Ministry team. Right. We had you staff. That's right. And all, we all have vision. We all have ideas, right? But there's so many times that I would be stumped. And it'd be like, hey, huh. one of my guys would come and be like, so what if we did this here? Right. And I'd be like, man, that is such an yeah. awesome <laughs> right. idea. Thank you, Lord, because I was stumped. Right. right. Recognize if you're feeling stifled and you're lacking the passion, you're lacking vision right now, that doesn't mean vision is lost. Yeah. But it may be, mean that you have to look outside yourself. That's good. God's built a team around you. Recognize that there's strength there. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're a lead pastor or you're an executive pastor or you're a, 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 
a worship leader, a worship minister. There may be somebody else that's got a new song on the team. Right. Right? And so give look for opportunities to to encourage and to bring those people into the fold. That's good. That's good. Well, let's wrap this thing up here today, man. This has been such good stuff. I want to just give each of you kind of a a last word. Uh Brandon, you know, man, I'm I'm a simple steps kind of guy, man. Like I'm I'm kind of the give me the practical and and let me hear the bullet point takeaways for this. Um just share your final thoughts and then Mariah, I want to give it to you and and let you kind of wrap us up here with just kind of anything else that you'd like to say to staff pastors that are out there. Yeah. So let's say, let's say five steps, right? I, I love steps. Yeah. I love practical <laughs> measures. Um, it's going to be like a fire hose though. It's coming. Yeah, Y'all it's ready? coming. Get ready. First of all, slow it down. Slow get down into the your, Yeah. Right. <laughs> get into your prayer closet. That's good. That's yes. Get it. Get out your head. Uh-huh. Get into your prayer closet. Man. Okay. Contend for your family, contend for your church, and contend yeah. for your community. And I will say this, Matthew 7, 7, and 8, it is, it is a verse close to my heart. It says, ask, seek, and knock. Oh, yeah. Right? Ask the Father. Yeah. Ask Abba, Father, what are we doing? What do we need to be yeah. doing? Okay, so get in your prayer closet. That's number one. Two, communication. She tapped on it earlier. I don't want to be at a dead horse, but unity yeah. in right. the body right now. And can I say amongst leadership, staff pack, pastors, executive pastors, worship leaders, lead pastors, yeah. okay? Communicate. Talk If you're if you're um, staff pastor, talk to your lead pastor. Right. Talk to him. That's right. Mm-hmm. Talk to him, okay? Bring, uh, communicate. Okay, so unity is key. So get into your prayer closet, communicate. Three, dream big. Dream big. These are the days of the harvest. Yeah. Okay. Give room for the Holy Spirit to give birth to new and creative ideas. That's Proverbs, good. we all know the scripture, right? Three, five, and six. Trust in the Lord with all our heart, right? Do not depend on our own understanding. Seek his will and all you do, and he will show you which path to take. That's right. It sounds so simple. But, it, but I mean, it, it kind of is. is. It's right. A lot it of times is. the most practical things yes. are, listen, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a baseball coach. Yep. It's like, listen, get in front of the ball. That's right. Get it. Get in front of the ball. Get low. Work from the ground up. Yep. Like it's practical. <laughs> it's basic. But, but we need reminders. That's right. Okay. Dream big. Love it. Dream big. This is the time. Okay. Um, four, strategize, develop a plan of action. A game plan, okay? I call this big vision, small focus. Mm. Okay, once we once we figure out God's saying we're going in this direction, you know, if I'm sorry, if you're behind the media curve, get on the media curve. Yeah, I'm right. just saying, just <laughs> get on right. it. Right. I, I, I got a love-hate relationship <laughs> with this thing, man, but it, it's, it is where we are, yes. right? right. And, and so recognize that. So strategize, develop a plan of action, big vision, small focus. Yeah. So what are the necessary incremental steps that are going to take you to that goal? Does that make sense? Um, and then the fifth thing is this: be fluid. Yeah. That's oh good. yeah. Be fluid. Um, in, in today's day and age, rigidity is your nemesis. Yeah. It, and so I, you know, like I said, I bring a lot of baseball analogies in. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But I tell a kid, and a, a loaded mind is an empty bat. Mm. If you're thinking, if you're tense, yeah. you're not ready. Be loose. Yeah. Be fluid. <laughs> Be ready to take on whatever comes your way. Because I'm going to tell you, the rest of 2020 and possibly 2021, there's going to be a lot of off-speed stuff That's coming. right, man. Right? That's if right. you're sitting dead red, <laughs> yep. there's going to be a lot of curveballs yep. coming your way. And I love this. This is last thing. I got a lot of Marine Corps buddies. <laughs> I got a lot of Marine Corps buddies. And there's a there's a a phrase that's been overemphasized in every movie just about. But improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. We have to have that mindset. And that mindset says it doesn't matter what's coming my way. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We're going to do it. 
That's right. We're going to make it. I love it. I'm ready. That's good. God, you are for me. You are for us. Yeah. COVID can't stop us. That's right. Who can be against us? Who can be against <laughs> us? That's right. To quote the great theologian, Bruce Lee is, Come uh, on, dude. be water, my friend. Yeah. Be water. For sure. So, all right, Mariah, with that, I want to give you the last word. Just wrap this thing up and just share your heart and what you want to just share with these staff pastors. So what does it look like to thrive in the next season? Let me just give you a little bit. Do you have focus? Yeah. Do you have something you're looking mm-hmm. forward to? Yeah. Not backwards. What are you looking forward? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you another analogy that's going to totally <laughs> hit it home for you. If you said you're going to go on vacation with your family and you're going to Australia, you've packed, you're ready, you're excited, you have researched the fire out of what Australia has to offer, and while you're in mid-flight, you get told you're landing in Ireland. Oh, man. Okay? How do you mm-hmm. regroup? What does that look like? Yeah. Man, you can't go to Ireland and expect Australia. No. no. You cannot. We cannot be where we are right now and expect we're going to go back where we were. Yeah. It's not going to happen. That's right. What does it look like to be sad? You're not going to see kangaroos. Yeah. To be sad about all the planning. Like, we have to grieve, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. We have to get that. Yet, when, at the end of the grieving, man, Ireland has a lot to offer. That's right. <laughs> Ireland's got some amazing castles. Yeah. There's totally different climate. You may have to pack your suitcase different, so you might need to buy things along the way. You might need different tools in That's your so tool good. belt. Yeah. We have to recognize that, but you can't really enjoy Ireland until you recognize you're not going to Australia. Wow. Guys, awesome. we're not That's going right. to Australia anymore. That's so good. But yeah. we're still going on vacation. Yeah. We still have yeah. a direction. We still have a focus. We still have a production. We still of all these things what we're doing we're just going to do it in ireland that's yeah. right that's so good man this has been awesome guys thank you so very much for just being open sharing your heart practical steps some deep talk man there's so much good content here thank you guys so much yeah. for being yeah, a part of yeah, this has been really good you know so we would love to hear from you our listener what stresses you out How are you dealing with that? And how can the church ministries department help you and minister to you as you lead people? Mariah, tell us how um, a minister living and in our network can reach out to you to the Ranch of Hope. Absolutely. So you can go to our website. It's www.ranchofhope.org. There is a tab underneath that you can just put um, client information and you can just give us your phone number. We'll call you back. Um, You can also, we do have a Facebook um, presence. You can message on there. But a lot of times we want to be private when we're going through stuff. So we totally get that. We are completely confidential, which a lot of times, man, that is that safe place. So you can always call us um, and Hope answers the phone at the Ranch of Hope, which is kind of funny. (laughs) Um, So that's not a gag. That's really her name. (laughs) Um, But her number is 719-783-9642. And she has been a pastor or she has been on the end of being a pastor. She's also a counselor and she's been it for 20 years, but now her heart is answering the phone and finding what you need. And if we can meet that for you, we are available for Skype, for zoom, for all the modalities we've learned. How do we (laughs) adapt? So we're doing all the adaptations and we are meeting in person. So that availability is absolutely there. Well, feel free to share this link on social media and help spread the word. Um, It will help us tremendously. For more resources just like this one, subscribe to this podcast, or you can also go to rmdc.org under the Church Ministries tab for plenty of podcasts and resources to help you grow. Thanks for listening. Thank you for spending time with us around the table. 
For more resources just like this one, visit thetableresources.com.